welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode, uh, not entirely sure, I think it might be 25. I'm sure I'll be told by many of you what episode it is, Um, but today this episode is dedicated for Mother's Day, in preparation for Mother's Day on the weekend. Um, Mother's Day comes with mixed emotions. (laughs) It's never never the hallmark moment in my mind. Uh, It's never met with... Uh, waffles and steaming coffee and um, oodles of presents and lots of smiles. Many Mother's Day, I must admit, there has been tears. <laughs> tears that uh, probably have come from uh, pride, maybe. Uh, I don't know. But, or maybe that, like, I've kind of... Um, expected something and it has fallen short uh who knows but I I must admit Mother's Day must be like that for many women especially those that don't have their children in their arms or in their presence I feel for you on Mother's Day that it must be devastating uh maybe it's close to losing a mother losing a child Um, being infertile these kind of days must bring a lot of heartache and I want to let you know that you are mothers whether you are a spiritual mother a biological mother an adoptive mother a foster mother you are a mother and you are to be celebrated because of your feminine um, ability to to bring life you may not physically bring life to to a, a, a person but you bring life because of your womanhood and that is to be celebrated um I don't, <laughs> I'm just thinking about many of my mother's days that have turned out to be tears in the wardrobe <laughs> like mum why are you crying I don't know because deep down I feel <laughs> um, not unloved but um, what's the word maybe underappreciated uh, I mean it is and and that's partly my own fault but it's also the fault of society it builds up it builds these days up to being you know, this enormous outpouring of gratitude and love, whether it is Valentine's Day or Mother's Day or Father's Day or who knows what kind of day. But reality is life is hard and mature women, Catholic women, uh, any woman, I should say, are able to realise that there is there is a meaning to this and to this there is a bigger picture I should say to to life and why we're here other than being celebrated on one day of the year but having said that I celebrate all women um, all mothers and uh, this episode is for all mothers and I hope you have a really lovely day on Sunday I love you I appreciate you and you are totally welcome here. So enjoy this episode with Jenny. Hi, Olivia. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Enjoying the sunshine? Beautiful. It was pretty cold this morning. I had the heater on for the first time. Oh my autumn. Oh, mine's had a mine's had a few more days than that. <laughs> oh, it's nice. Um, oh, we're just waiting for our guest to hop on the line. 
I'm so um, excited about this because um, she's a friend of yours. Yeah, as you know, I've known Jenny for, um, well, we've had a cyber relationship for almost 20 years and I've never spoken to her except five minutes ago when we tested. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So, so the first time she heard your voice was on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've I've seen videos and stuff of her, but we've never actually had a conversation. Oh, okay. So, Here's to yeah. firsts. That was pretty special. She's a, a great nice. girl from a beautiful family. Okay, how lovely. Okay, so today we are talking about motherhood because Mother's Day is coming up. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to um, bring the attention to different types of motherhood because we're all called to be mothers um, but not all of us are called to be biological mothers. Um, It is our innate kind of makeup that we our motherhood is revealed and but there are different types there's biological there are spiritual mothers there are foster mothers there are adoptive mothers and that's what we wanted to talk to Jenny about today was her role as a mother because motherhood is bringing life to another person, not necessarily um, bearing life but bringing life to that mm. person. Mm. Um, and all life is beautiful always. So, um, so that's what we wanted to talk to her about. And I wanted to base it around this quote that I found from Edith Stein which says that women naturally seeks to embrace that which is living, personal and whole, to cherish, guard, protect, nourish and advance growth is her natural and maternal yearning. And that's either Stein. So, Jenny, would you like Hello. to introduce yourself? Sure. <laughs> She's here. <laughs> My name is Jenny Campbell. I um, live in Washington State. I'm originally from the Midwest, St. Louis, Missouri, and um have am married for 18 years and have four daughters, ages eight, five and a half, and five-year-old twins. Oh wow, <laughs> that's very <beautiful>. clever. <laughs> <laughs> so, Je- Jenny, what we wanted to talk to you about today was motherhood and what it looks like for you, because not all women are biological mothers, and I right. wanted to highlight that and to show that. All motherhood is equal because I know sometimes it feels like when you have a baby, it's like, oh, congratulations, welcome to this amazing club of motherhood. Mm -hmm. And not not everybody gets to birth a child, but they all get to nurture a child. Could you explain what type of motherhood you are blessed with? Sure. Um, We have four daughters who are adopted two from foster care and two, the twins um, from a private adoption agency. And for um, several years, my husband and I struggled with infertility and had always talked about wanting to foster and adopt like when we were engaged and uh, we, whether we had biological kids or not, that was part of what we wanted to do. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad it was because that's the path that God wanted us to go down and that was his will for us. Um, so for a few years, my motherhood was that of a foster mom and, um, that from, from fostering, uh, another set of twins for three years is kind of what brought us to meet our first daughter. And so I'm no longer fostering children, a foster licensed foster mom, but I am an adoptive mom and um, I've gotten to see both, both um, types of adoption through foster care and then through kind of your regular adoption Mm. agency. Mm. So you, with, with both types of adoption, how do, do you interact with the birth parents or not? Sometimes, uh, sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. It kind of depends on, um, you know, when a child is in foster care, the goal is for the child to return home, and um, you really need to to have that in your heart when you're a foster parent. You know, you're there to facilitate the relation, the the mending of a relationship between the child and and his parent or parents. And um, so, in our case, at the beginning. Um, I did not have contact with our two older daughters 
parents. I still have not met two of um, like the fathers. Uh, but after their adoptions, um, I did, I do have a, re- a relationship with, um, with the moms um, through email. Mm-hmm. And that has been, that has been fine. And then yeah. with our, our twins, we, you talk about that, you talk about the kind of um, the, op- the openness that you want to have in the adoption. You talk about that with the birth parents and mm-hmm. what has worked for the last four years for us is that um, every April around the girl's birthday and in October, we drive a couple hours North and we meet with Maddie and Yvonne's birth parents and, um, and spend a couple hours together. The kids play Maddie and Yvonne have uh, half siblings. Their mom is now married to another, a different man and they have um, children together. So uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> It's it's a it's been very interesting to to be a part of this because we are in a way still fostering a relationship between our adopted children, our children, and their birth parent, and that I will continue to grow as they get older. Um, but that is part of our job as as parents of these girls to to really encourage, if possible a relationship, whatever that looks like for them, whatever they want it, you know, would like it to be in the future. But to, we pray for them daily. We talk about them. We talk about, you know, as far as is age appropriate right now and their understanding why they, we are their parents now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, all types of motherhood requires love. Um, life life is a risk. I mean, just li- walking across the street can be a risk. And so I think if we're, if we are so fearful about, Oh, what is my child, my adopted child? It, it's hard for me to even say adopted child, not because your it's, child, I should say that yeah. because I'm, um, I, I just think of them as that, but they, you know, I remember my relationship with my mom and dad as a kid. Some days we liked each other and some days we didn't. And I used yeah. to think, Oh, that's so neat to live in an orphanage, like little orphan Annie that, you know, so you kind of, I expect them to, to think awesome. the grass is greener, you know, it's just natural. And that's, mm-hmm. that's going to, it actually, you know, happens. Susanna is very, very with me and she will tell me what she's thinking, uh, whether I want to hear it or not. <laughs> and so it's, it's just, it's part of, it's part of the deal. It's part of life. And that we're secure in, in, you know, as far as their adoptions are finalized, there's no danger of, of a birth parent coming and saying, well, I changed my mind. You know, everything is finalized, but I do expect mm-hmm. um, them to, I, to ask about their birth parents and think, kind of help them walk through these questions. And they're going to learn some hard truths about circumstances that they came mm-hmm. from and it's our it's our duty and it's as as their mom and dad to not shield them from that truth but to walk with them and support mm-hmm. them through it and if you hide things like that it breaks trust and it breaks uh it, it in the end hurts your relationship with your children who are adopted mm-hmm. um it is their story it is not my story to keep from them it is their history and that's mm-hmm. part of who they are yep. so yeah. that has been a great, um a great learning piece mm-hmm. of learning for me for john and me yeah uh so um did you ever so once you you have three children under five and a half don't you so there's three that are the, the very I know four but three that are very similar in age is that correct yes did you say five yeah. and, a, and two five and a half year olds yes the um, twins just turned five and Charlotte was five in August so for four months out of the year we call them <laughs> Irish triplets so they're <laughs> Charlotte's <laughs> Jenny I never forget um the time when you were up, you had Susanna and Charlotte, just as tiny mm-hmm. little girls. And then correct me, but I think you said, I remember reading on Facebook that it was early December and you got a call about the twins. Yes. Is that I right? Was, and that's right. You were given three days or something, weren't you, to 
We like had a very short amount of time. Mm. Yes, and then, we, um, and, I'm sorry, go ahead. And then I remember it, like I think you said it, you were given three days to bring them into your home and then overnight it happened very quickly and you had to find two cribs, two car seats, two this, two that. <laughs> I, I couldn't yes. do anything to help you on the other side of the world, but you had my prayers. <laughs> I, I, I felt them. <laughs> yeah, it was really incredible because I remember getting Suzanne on the school bus to go to preschool and then I thought, oh, I'll take Charlotte for a walk was pushing her in the stroller and I thought, oh, I'm going to be so busy today. Like, I don't even remember what I thought I was busy about. I was not busy <laughs> looking back. And as I had her on the walk, got a call from our um, adoption caseworker and she said, our profile had been picked by birth parents to parent their seven-month-old twins. Could we come up and meet them? And so I, you know, Figured that out with John. We we went up there, met the birth how parents. You, how do you just figure that out? Like that is <laughs> like an amazing amount of courage and generosity just to figure that out. Mm. <laughs> oh, great! Already, <laughs> right? Wow. Well, we we had with this adoption agency, we had um, had our profile shown to other parents and. Or said, you know, been asked, would you like your profile to be to be shown to this um, birth mom? We'll just wait for Jenny to come back to to Planet Australia. Yes. <laughs> you there, Jenny? I am here. Okay, yeah. sorry. Say it again. Your we profile you is with the, with this couple. Yes, and so we. We heard about their situation, decided, yes, we wanted to meet them, and uh, drove up um, a couple of hours north of where we are and met at their birth father's parents' house. And their birth father's actually was adopted as an 18-month-old from um, Romania. So there's adoption, like, all over the place um, in our family. But we... After talking with them, it was an emotional meeting, all very good, but very emotional and just incredible. Um, and they asked us if we could picture ourselves having the girls in our family. And, you know, my first instinct is to, was to say, yes, absolutely. But I had to, like, <laughs> keep calm. And, and we said, yes, that mm. would be really good. Um, so they wanted the girls to be placed as soon as, as soon as possible to make it an easy transition for them. They were seven months old. Um, and so we said that was fine. It would give us time to may, turn our storage slash guest room into a nursery and get everything we needed. Um, and then we found out uh, the next day as I was in Tacoma getting getting paperwork lined up for Charlotte's um, upcoming adoption. Could we take the girls that night? Wow. And Oh my goodness. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Not knowing how that was going to happen, but it all, it all, my mom, my dad was overseas, but my mom came over, watched the girls. My in-laws were there, helped us get everything set up. And, um, and the, the pregnancy counselor and the adoption caseworker drove the girls all the way down to our house. Um, Susanna was awake. She was three at the time, three and a half, got to meet them. And, you know, I think John and I were just in such shock. So we're signing papers and we're, you know, have these two little pumpkins in our house and these little car seats. And uh, it, it just was a, an incredible night. It was the eve of... Wow day and so Charlotte got two new sisters like basically for St. Nicholas Day. Oh, <laughs> how beautiful. How, how beautiful that joy can be found in somebody's loss and sorrow and hardship like that just that just speaks um, such tenderness to me like somebody who is you know finding such sorrow can bring others joy and and hope and restoration yes i absolutely i have told um the twins birth mom and actually all 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 of the girls birth moms i've just 
thank them over. Sorry, I'm going to get emotion, emotional, but that's what this podcast is for. Don't you worry. I had someone the other day say I should have a tissue line. I should yes. develop some, some <clears throat> tissues that go with this. Jenny, but I, no one cries more than us, so don't worry. <laughs> We're emotional wrecks here. <laughs> but I tell them, I say, you know, I've thanked them in person, like um, the twins' birth moment. Just thank you for choosing life and thank mm. you for for mm. this gift. I know how, or I can only imagine how hard it was. Mm. And um, their birth dad, too. Mm. Um, he cried a lot when we first met. But there is this great sorrow on both sides. There's, you know, mm. a lot on both sides. Um, and there, but now seeing how our lives have become, how the birth parents are doing, it's like out of this kind of wreckage, you know, these little families were never meant to be broken up, Hmm. but they were. And so this wreckage Hmm. fire, God brings love and hope and life out of that. And that kind of how our family was created, you know, it's out of loss mm. and mm. I, it's, you know people have asked well you know would you have liked to have had biological children and my answer I guess you know it, before it was always yes but it would have been nice I guess but at the same time that is not it wasn't God's will so if we had I I pray to God that I would have been open to fostering adopting because mm-hmm. I can't imagine mm-hmm. having these girls, like I, I just, I not imagine they're such fun kids and they're, they're wonderful. And God has placed them in our. Yeah. It just shows you that beauty can come from just such seemingly hopeless places in people's lives. And I, I just, mm. I find that so hopeful. Well, it, that's it, the whole thing with suffering people, you know, People negate suffering and they don't want to suffer, but so much good can come from it. Yeah, it's so so true. I just wanted to go back, Jenny, to what you said about the father as well, because I think these women, so much pressure is put on the woman to abort her child that the support of the father to to the mother of these girls was probably the, the catalyst that allowed you to have your family. So yes if, if, yeah if the father didn't support her to go through with the pregnancy she probably wouldn't have I shudder to think you know I, I really do and I know that um you know their birth father and his in the capacity capacity that he could um you know tried to care for them they were the girls were split up at one time and and it was uh their birth father's parents who took care of the girls and were just trying trying to get the situation under control as far as mm. they were so worried that the girls were going to be split up and not yeah. for well by either birth parent and they they were the ones who encouraged them to consider adoption and and we are actually now very close friends with the twins' paternal grandparents. Mm. We see wow. every time we go up. And uh, their paternal grandmother was actually there with her oldest daughter at the twins' birth. I'm sorry, at their baptism. And wow. they are they are Catholic. And so for her, that was all she wanted. She was like, I just I'm hoping that they are adopted by. Um, a Christian family and she was praying that they would be baptized. So I think for her to get to be there to see that and to see that we are passing on our faith and they are being raised um in in as Christians and it's it for her it that made it everything worth it. How beautiful. Um and it and it's true though it takes a village to raise a family. Don't you agree? <laughs> like I agree. You, know, you can't mother in isolation. No, mm-hmm. you you need support. I mean, we had so many people helping us just from um, baby baby showers, and um, there's a ministry at our parish called Martha Ministry, and women volunteer to 
bring meals to families who have new babies or surgery or, you know, and so uh, we had two weeks of meals when the twins first came because I have no idea what I what we would have been eating <laughs> during that time. Yeah. And I remember saying to, you know, my mom came over that, that next first morning to help with the kids. And I thought I just had three things to do. Um, a couple of things like shower, to, <laughs> yeah, right. To, to shower, to make dinner and to get the twins on our insurance. And like two hours later, my goal was keep the kids alive. That was my <laughs> only goal. <laughs> but oh, you do need that, support. Yeah. Hmm. Totally. on that note Jenny um, I wanted to talk about that and if you can elaborate a bit on that because I remember you saying pretty much that it wasn't long after you had the twins so you had four girls under what three and a half or something four and um, I remember you just being really truthful and honest and just saying how difficult it was you know and I thought that really shocked me because I thought, you know, most people, particularly if you go to social media after something as amazing as adoption, you sort of think you would make it out to be all glossy and rosy and it's great <laughs> and wonderful, but you were so real and so honest and you just said, you know, this is hard. <laughs> this is really tough. Yes. Um, you know, reality sets in, but I just, I just loved your honesty. Can you talk about the reality of going from, no children to four in a very short space of time. Sure. So um, how long were you uh, just a couple and no, with no children in your um, marriage? Four, uh, let's see, um, 12 years. Wow. So that's a long time. <laughs> a long time. Long time. And, um, you know, we have lots of nieces and nephews and then we were foster parents who so we had children in our home. But mm-hmm. um, to go from to go from zero to four in 18 months. I mean, that's some weird kind of adoption fertility I've never seen before. <laughs> um, but it was, it was very tough. It was very joyful, but I don't want to sugarcoat it because I know that um, it is very tough. It was very tough because we did have we had a 15-month-old and seven-month-old twins and then our daughter, Susanna, was three and a half. And she is, I guess you could label special needs because she's bilaterally. Bilaterally what? Um, Susanna has hearing and vision impairment. But okay. I, <clears throat> once Jenny comes back, we'll get her to elaborate because I don't know the full extent. Mm-hmm. Can, can you hear me? Yep. Jenny, you dropped out. But okay. could you just elaborate? Susanna has bilateral what? She is was born bilaterally deaf, mm-hmm. and she has uh, vision problems and um, some other medical issues. She's she was called medically complicated by the doctors, and everything is she's doing fine. But she has two cochlear implants and uh, very strong glasses, and um, uh, she's doing great. Extremely intelligent, very funny. Uh, just a great kid but so you know we we have appointments for her um, fairly often and uh, so to take to take four children who were under four was yeah. a feat and, yeah um, oh, you yeah. know open that That's double stroll fire right there yes it was absolutely <laughs> baptism by fire and I saw how how difficult it was just because of their ages, you know, they were all so close in age and three in diapers. And, um, I didn't have the, the physical birth. I didn't have the recovery that, um, biological moms do. So I can only imagine what that is like. I just know that I looking back, if I could do it over, I would have asked for more help. I would have called, um, called friends and said, Hey, I'm really down. Can I just cry or can yeah. I just I'm struggling. Talk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm struggling. And it wasn't because of the girls, it wasn't because I wasn't grateful. I was I think that's one of the reasons I didn't reach out more was because I thought if I sound like I'm complaining, people will say you waited so long for these children, you know, aren't you grateful? Yeah. Or I, and I also didn't want to bother people. You know, we had we'd had a lot of people supporting us and and I thought I should be able to do this. But my mistake was, I can't do this on my own. You know, I, 
you have to, as, as mothers, you have to take care of yourself, your mental health, your emotional, spiritual, physical, to be mm. whole for your children and for your family, for your husband. And so, you know, just, I want to encourage anyone who's struggling in that area, whether if you're struggling with infertility and you're, or you're struggling as a, as a biological mom or an adoptive mom, whatever, reach out. And if, if you feel like you can't reach out, reach out to, reach out to our Lord, reach out to our heavenly mother, because they're there for us. They, you know, I, I can't sit, tell you how many times I've just said, Jesus, I do not know what I'm doing. Please help me. Like my, just please help me. And he has, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing what all the He'll help you through. get when you ask for it. Yes. I mean, our lady knows what it's like to watch her children suffer. She knows what it's like when things don't go to plan. She knows exactly what it's like to not to be humiliated <laughs> and to go without. But she knows she knows all these things. So we should reach out to her. She is a mother after all. She teaches she is us what real motherhood is about. She is. She has been such, I mean, just a rock. She is a rock. And she's this model, not a, a, a model of hopeful suffering. And, mm. you know, I mean, she watched her son be crucified and, mm. and, beaten. and I think, you know, she knows exactly what we're going through. She has a mother's heart. And I tell yeah. the girls often, I mean, I tell them all the time, you have a heavenly mother who loves you so much. She loves you more than I ever could. And I love you with all my heart and Jesus mm. loves you, you know, that you are so loved. So they have to be your best friends and I want you to love them more than you love us. I, that before they were their birth parents, children, before they were ever conceived. I mean, this is true for all of us Yeah. that before we were conceived, before we were placed for, we know with our adoptive families, God called us into life. Mm-hmm. You know, we were called into life for a reason for and a nobody is a mistake. No one is unwanted. We are all, we're all wanted. And we, we are just all have wanted to. by someone. Yep. Mm-hmm. we have to let them know that that's so beautiful yes, yes. Uh, and I think I maybe you've heard this but there's a I don't know who said it but I just absolutely love it it said there are no unwanted children only unfound families right. um so it's just that has been my uh I would always tear up when I read that and it is true there are everyone yeah. is wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> yep I saw that one um any any woman or or partner who were considering abortion did you get a chance to tell them your story i have not personally talked to um when when i've been out um with the girls when we were at the marches i haven't gotten to talk to um anyone about that and i would love to i hope that 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 opportunity is is given to us um because i yeah. i do want people to have hope that they're not alone that they have that there is the option of life and to parent or to place, to place for adoption. You know, mothers and and fathers do not give up their children for adoption. They place their Mm -hmm. children. And so um, I want, I, I do hope that that opportunity arises. And I, I just want, you know, when we're out or we are at these marches for, um, you know, even the people who are screaming hateful things at us, I want to show them love that you are loved. This is, you know, we are not here to, to judge you. We're not here to judge your intentions. We're here to show you what happens when you choose love and life. You know, we have a beautiful life because someone chose life. Yeah. They chose life and love over fear and, 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 you know, threatening. Like I know from being on the pregnancy counseling um, when women find themselves unexpectedly pregnant, they're, they're so overwhelmed with feeling that they're alone. Um, they haven't, well, yeah. It's not in their plan. They haven't got anything together. Um, it threatens who they are. It threatens their identity. Um, mm-hmm. But to show them that this child doesn't rob them of, of their identity, they are here to enhance their identity and, and the support and what you were saying, that it... You know, to choose life is to choose love and hope. I think that's that's so necessary for these women. Yes, it is that that love conquers fear, and fear can see is so paralyzing, and that's just what 
the evil one wants. He wants us to be paralyzed in our fear and to not move forward and to not bring to fruition God's will for us. And um, just to, to let go of that fear as hard as it can be. Um, you know, I had to let go of the fear of being uh, the fear of letting, of, of maybe not being an adoptive mom even, you know, mm. cause you just don't know if you'll get picked or what will happen. I and, was going to ask you, did, did you ever fear that you would be alone, not have children at all? Did that creep in? I did fear that. Yes. And I thought, you know, what is that going to look like? You know, I, I kind of zoom forward 60 years, like, how is, how, <laughs> who's going to help us? You know, kind of like at, the, mm-hmm. at that end mm-hmm. of the spectrum too, but also seeing, you know, my sisters and um, brother have children and um, John's sisters and, uh, and brothers have children and not that it's easy to have children. You know, I'm not saying that, but just to see kind of life starting to go by and you're not like mm. the train is passing you and you think, please stop this train. Let us get on, please, please. Mm. Um, so I did have that fear and, and I, that fear caused me, or I let that fear um, cause me to be angry at no one in particular, maybe at God, mm. but mm. I, he understood my anger and could, he could, he could deal with that. He would be mm. fine. You know, he understood my heart. So, um, but once like letting go of that fear and, um, letting go of the hope that we had of adopting the, the the brother and sister, the little twins that we had for three years, letting that go was excruciating, but at the same time, it opened up our hearts to our daughter that if we had not gone through that suffering and down that road, maybe we would not have been open to her. Maybe we would not have these daughters that we have now. So mm-hmm. just let go of that fear and say, you know. Can I ask, how was your relationship with God? Like when you had to give the twins up, the, the mm-hmm. brother and did was there a point where you were so angry that you just wanted to give it all away? Or was there a constant presence? Like, did you, was there still a glimmer of hope? Uh, there was a glimmer of hope. I was rocky on my, you know, because I, I was not trusting enough. You know, I was thinking, how can this, how can this case have taken so long only to end like this and mm. to possibly send these kids, these innocent kids back, you know, um, but but the, I just saw, I, I, I did have hope that I knew these children were not mine. I knew that they were in his hands and I had to give them to God. I had to give, you know, just trust that they would be okay and that there was a plan. And I think, mm-hmm. and now seeing, you know, just how things unfolded, um, he was faithful all along. I was the one who wasn't, I was the one who wavered. Mm-hmm. And it's only in hindsight, at least for me, that I saw, oh, I, he was there all the time. I just was kind of blinded by fear, by worry, by my own um, shortcomings that he had this plan. And, you know, it was, it was um, Susanna moved in full time with us March 1st of 2013. And two weeks later, the twins moved out. So we had this transition of her moving in and the twins leaving. And it was like, we had this, this heartache of them leaving, but we had this beautiful girl who was going to be ours. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was, she was ours and her adoption was later, was um, later that year. But it was like, wow, this is our first child. This is incredible. Mm, Um, Amazing. And you know, you're never going to have to give her back. How beautiful. Yes. She's, you know, on her, um, her aunt and who is her godmother made the, her adoption shower invitations. And she had, um, she's a just beautiful illustrator. And she had these two little suitcases that were shut and were empty. And it said for sale for free, she's here to stay. And it was just so 
so great. Just like she's home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Welcome beautiful. home. How beautiful. I'm going to yeah. cry. I am Jenny. Crying. You cry <laughs> while I talk. Um, Jenny, I, um, I remember seeing an image of the twins, the boy and the girl twin. Um, you had just before they left, you took them to mass one Sunday. And I remember the priest was giving them a blessing. Yes. And I remember thinking, oh, my, and you said, you know, this is their last blessing before they go. And I thought, wow, that would just rip my heart out. Um, yes. And obviously fostering and adoption aren't for everyone. Have infertility as well and have decided not to adopt for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's clearly you and John, you were saying you had talked about it before you got married that you would like to foster. And it's not for everyone because of the emotional toll I suppose um what do you what do you say to those people who's struggling with infertility how oh you know I say I I know what you're going through um it is a hard road and it can be a lonely road and um draining you know because you 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 do all these things to make sure you're, you're, you're charting and you're eating healthy and you're trying to do everything you can. And for whatever reason, it's just not working. And uh, it's, it's made even more painful when, when um, everyone around you seems to have no trouble. Yeah. Um, however, you know, I, I, I would say to, to people who are infertile um, or struggling with that, be open to where our Lord takes you as hard as it might be, you know, to let go of one dream of biological children. I would encourage them to be open um, to adoption because it's not, you know, we never had adoption as our set, as our plan B. Mm. It was always kind of part of the plan. We just wanted to be parents. um, Whether it meant, kids who are, who were, uh, that I gave birth to or not for us, that was our goal. So if people do really want to be parents, go with that, be a parent in whatever way yeah. you're meant to be. Um, after, after a while, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of had to let go of, of, I stopped charting a, you know, it was kind of driving me crazy and, and I kind of just took a break. Yeah. And sometimes people may need to do that and just see where, where, they're, where they're meant to go, but not to get so focused on we have to have biological children. We have to have biological children. You just, yeah. I just wanted to have children, how period. Did that, how did that affect your relationship with your husband, like your marriage, um, this, like, did it not only not being able to conceive naturally, but um, also 12 years, just you two. And then all of a sudden in 18 months, you've got four children. That must have put enormous stress on your marriage. Can you talk about that? Sure. I think, you know, number one, I'm really glad that we both have very good senses of humor because yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like, you want to have, you want to have kids? Here you go. Boom. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> It does put it, it, it God's stress got a on sense it. of humor too. <laughs> Sending you four very close. <laughs> it's a very dry sense of humor. Um, I, it did put um, strain and stress. I think it just naturally does um, with any anything you're going through, any family, because uh, you're both working towards a goal of you know having a family and it's not working out. And, um, so I especially felt, um, just, uh, just very frustrated and, um, like I am an athletic person, you know, I don't have any other health problems. You just start kind of questioning like, why, why? Yeah. And, um, you know, looking back, it's kind of like, well, why not me? Why would I want someone else to go through this? This is, this is what, this is, it's fine. You know, we, we will get through this. There are tough moments because you, you start to think, well, are we even supposed, does God even want us to have kids? Maybe we, you know, you all these thoughts go through your head. And so 
response on the receiving end of my frustration. <laughs> um, but he can handle that. That's why he's there, which is so beautiful. Yeah. Nothing. He can handle our pain and our, our frustration and our anger. And that's, that, that forms a relationship. That, and that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. And what better way than being in this kind of str- interior struggle than to, yes. to vent your emotions to him? That, that brings yes. you a relationship more so than someone that just cruises through life, I suppose. Yes, it really does because you, you get married, you know, the vocation is marriage. And if you're blessed with children or not, your vocation is, is to each other um, first and foremost and to God. And so I think that kind of going through all these struggles together um, has made our marriage stronger and um, you, you, you stick with each other and, you know, some days are great and some days aren't, but it's two fallible, imperfect people who are struggling to pull each other towards heaven. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I, um, it, this has been a wonderful, wonderful experience with all its ups and downs. He is mm-hmm. a great provider. He is a wonderful father to these little girls who I can't imagine them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. No. Without him right. in their life. And, you know, he's and like through all of this too, Jenny. John was studying as well, so <laughs> you had yes, the most change. <laughs> like you had your mum was very sick and um, battling cancer. John was studying. You had these four little girls who were, you know, desperate for your love, and you were willing to give it. Like you have had an incredible ride. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has been. Um, if nothing, it has been uh, um, just kind of mind-blowing but yes it's all these things where you know my mom was you know had the um had had cancer uh 15 16 years ago first diagnosed and then was fine and then she gets her stage four metastatic breast cancer diagnosis uh right shortly before uh, we got our twin girls and so uh, there's this you know it's this that's life it's like this mixture of yeah, pain and suffering and great joys, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, so yes, it, it was very um, many times difficult, but also tempered with this this um, bomb of joy and love and this family that we now had. And uh, yeah. I, I want to thank you so much for being honest and and vulnerable and sharing your heart with us about motherhood because it's. It's not easy at all at, at, at any, you know, for any mother, but for you who have, you know, the highs have been high and the lows have been super low. And I want to thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with us. Um, thank you. I really appreciate it. I, I found this poem that I'm going to read and she's dropped out again, but I'm going to read it. And yeah. it's, it's what is motherhood? Motherhood is learning to let go of control It's an identity change. It's learning to love your new body. Motherhood is sometimes raising them alone. It's about being honest if you need advice. It's rediscovering wonder and seeing everything as an adventure. Motherhood is giving your whole life to care for orphans. Motherhood is deeply loving the child that looks nothing like you but has all of you. Motherhood doesn't take breaks. Motherhood holds your hardest and most rewarding days. It's the woman who spends years in prayer while waiting for her child. Motherhood is selflessness. Motherhood is uncontainable joy and love. Motherhood is daring to trust God. And I just think that personifies Jenny so beautifully. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> I thought you were going to say me. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, it captures her, no, her story. It's definitely her. She's, she's dropped out again. But I know, and she hasn't heard that, but I will read it to her. I'll send it to her so she can read it. Yeah, oh, just an amazing girl with the biggest heart you'll ever imagine. Oh, but incredible. A, um, a raw honesty. She, she doesn't sugarcoat it, as she said, and, um, yeah, it's been really, really tough. And what a joy. After 20 years of knowing her via the internet, um, I finally yeah. got to hear your beautiful voice. <laughs> What a joy. Thank you so much. 
I just read out a poem that you didn't hear. But no. <laughs> maybe, did you hear it? No. No, I heard maybe the last, like, I don't know what part I heard, and I thought, oh, dear, I have to hear this again. <laughs> I, I will send it to you because okay. it just personifies you. <laughs> oh. All right, so thank you so much, Jenny. Now, you go and give those four beautiful daughters a hug from this side oh. of, the, of the globe. Hang on a minute. We're oh. going to do our joy. Oh, of course. So we'll start with Olivia, but Jenny, every week we think of something that brought us joy. So I'll give you a bit of time to think about it. Livy, what brought you joy this week? Well, certainly, as I just said, hearing Jenny's voice for the first time in 20 years brought me joy. <laughs> but but um, one other thing, I was at the shop a couple of days ago and there was an old gentleman. He would have been about mid-80s. And he was all hunched over with a little grey plastic shopping bag. And I was just watching him. I was walking to the car and I don't know why he caught my eye. And he walked up to a cleaner and pulled out a bag of like barley sugar lollies and just gave it to the cleaner at the shopping centre. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I, was, I thought, oh, how sweet. Anyway, he continued on his walk. The cleaner was really shocked and grateful. And then he walked over to it. There was a little seamstress on the side near the elevators there sewing yeah. away. Yeah. And then he walked up to this male seamstress and handed him a bag of lollies and then just went up the lift and off he went. And I just thought, how beautiful. He, he didn't know these people and he was just giving a little bit of joy to them. How lovely. Um, in his Mostly. own little private way and now I've just shared it with whoever's listening. <laughs> but beautiful. I thought how one joy can touch so many lives. I thought that was yeah. really lovely. What about you, yeah. Jess? Uh, mine are the camellias. There are starting to come out. Winter is descending. It's not as cold mm. as where you are, I imagine, or where winter in your part of the world, Jenny. But it's <laughs> cold here. Oh, Jenny oh. gets snow. Oh, yeah, we don't snow. get that. But all the camellias, and they are bringing me so much joy. Have oh, you thought pretty. of something that brings you joy? I have. You know, um, Liv and Jess, you've heard that um, yesterday was Susanna's first communion. And um, so that brought me joy, not only for the amazing sacrament that it is, but just thinking, you know, we have not passed on any genes to her, but we have been able to pass on our faith. And, uh, and so that just seeing her make that, uh, make her first Holy Communion, um, was oh, made brought me a lot of joy, and I got to thank my mom for passing on the faith to me. So, oh. um, it was a very joyful, very joyful time yesterday. How beautiful! You got me unstuck again. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh, how lovely! All right, thank you so much for joining us. Would you mind thank if you we so shared a photo of you and the girls on the podcast? On the that Instagram would be good. Page. Yeah, no problem. Sure. Send me one. <laughs> sure. Perfect. Be happy. Great. Lovely. Thanks. Enjoy your night. Big Thank squeeze, you. Jenny. Thank you. Lovely chat. Yeah, yeah, finally. We'll meet you in person someday. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.